Welcome to the Druids Grove, where we discuss all things related to Druids, their history, current day practices, and how to build a deeper connection and relationship with the earth. I'm so glad you're here. If you find what I have to share helpful, please subscribe and share with others that may enjoy it, and check the show notes for more information. Come on in, relax for a bit, and I hope you enjoy. So welcome to the first episode of The Druid's Grove. You might be wondering, who am I? Why am I doing this? Uh, What's the point of all this? Uh, Well, I am currently an Ovate in the order of Bards, Ovates, and Druids. Uh, That's a Druidry organization out of Great Britain. Uh, I've been in OBOD, O-B-O-D, that's the organization's acronym. I've been in there for about two years. And I got to thinking back to when I first started looking for a nature-based spirituality. You know, I was looking around online, looking at YouTube, trying to find podcasts, and there's some scattered information out there, but it was all kind of all over the place and difficult to find. Um, So I just wanted to put together a podcast for those that may be interested, someone that might be in my place where I was a couple of years ago, uh, just to kind of have a one-stop shop for everything that you might be interested in. So I will preface this by saying I'm in in no way an expert in druidry. Um, There are some things that I cannot share. Uh, You know, it's not a a cult or a private organization, but uh, the the group of druidry that I am in, um, they kind of have some stipulations when you start that you don't share any of the, you know, specialized information, but I'm not going to be sharing anything that you can't find online. So there's a lot of stuff out there. It's just really scattered. Um, So I just kind of hope to provide a nice comprehensive place for a lot of information. So I'll start, you know, how did I get here? Um, Maybe this story relates to you. Maybe it doesn't, but um, might help you get to know me better to kind of see where I came from and why I'm doing this. Uh, When I was a child, I didn't get to get out into nature too much until my teenage years. Uh, But once I got out there, I I found that I just absolutely love nature. I love being outdoors. Just the whole concept of, you know, trees and leaves and plants and animals and the weather. And it just all fascinated me. I remember you know, being a kid, you know, 10 to 12 years old when started being aware of those kinds of things and just, and really appreciating it. Um, lived on uh, about 20 or so acres, uh, as a young teenager. And I remember going outdoors in the fall the first time and just seeing the leaves and like, it just struck me how beautiful it was. You know, I was maybe 12 years old and, um, just really, really enjoyed it. And I would just go outside and go in the woods and just wander for hours, um, and just, just kind of get lost in my own, headspace out there. I remember I was in school and I had to do a science project. We had to identify trees by their leaves. We had to do like a scrapbook and find different leaves and put them in this little scrapbook and, you know, name the type of tree and try to identify it. And it was a very uh, memorable experience. I really loved that. Um, kind of stuck with me over the years. And, you know, even now, um, you know, I'm in my forties now and I think back and it was just such a, such a wonderful experience. I didn't know why I appreciated it so much. I just knew that it was something I really enjoyed. It was around that time, um, that, um, I live in the Southeastern United States and, uh, hunting is pretty popular here. So, um, was going on my first hunting trip with my dad. Uh, it was kind of a juvenile hunt. You had to have an adult with you. Um, you know, and if you're a little squeamish, you may want to skip forward maybe a, a minute or two. Um, but we were out in the woods and, you know, I saw a deer and I, I pulled the rifle up and I, I shot and I wasn't sure if I hit it cause the deer didn't move, you know? And so then I, I shot again and, uh, you know, I got the deer 
um, on the first shot, it became a very traumatic experience. On the first shot, I did not have the rifle rested up against my shoulder very well. And if anyone out there knows what getting scoped means, I got scoped. So what that means is if you don't have the gun resting against your shoulder, the scope will come back and hit you in your face. And I ended up with eight stitches right between my eyebrows and a lot of blood. And my, you know, my, I remember my dad distinctly saying, oh, no, it's not that bad. Just don't touch it. And he wouldn't let me look in a mirror and, you know, then off to the hospital that night. Um, so, you know, aside from the traumatic part, I remember getting, you know, getting the deer and getting home and, you know, the, the, the whole process of cleaning the deer, we'll just say that just cleaning the deer. Um, it was, some people really resonate with that and connect to it, but I guess I was just too young and it was very, uh, it was something that I did not want to do again. So I did, I don't know if it was the injury that caused that or, or seeing the animal suffer and, you know, having to break it down and do all that stuff. But it just really bothered me for some reason. And I said, you know, I'm never going to do this again. Um, but in the, at the same time, there was this really deep connection spiritually that I couldn't acknowledge because I was such a young child uh, that I felt to that animal. You know, I felt like I took this animal's life and, you know, I can go to the grocery store and buy food. Not, not myself, you know, I was a little kid, but you know, why am I doing this to this beautiful wild animal when I can go to the store and, and, and buy meat that was purposely raised for this process? So it, it really stuck with me over the years. And even, even day, it still bothers me a little bit. And I thought about getting back into hunting, but there's just, there's just something about that that wants me to just leave that alone and let those beautiful wild animals just be out there. So to kind of sidetrack a little bit, um, I was not brought up in any type of spirituality or religion uh, you know, when I was a kid. Um, so I didn't really have a good foundation for any type of spiritual practice. Uh, then, uh, you know, I was looking for things. I got into my 20s, teens and 20s, and, you know, I, I started feeling like something was missing from my life. So I started looking into, you know, philosophy and, you know, different religions and that kind of thing. And I remember I, I was working at in the library at a college, and I was walking around just looking at books, and I found a book on transcendentalism. And I remember reading about transcendentalism in eighth grade, and it was such a, uh, it just really stuck with me. And I remember sharing it with my grandmother, and we bonded over it, and it was just really nice. And, you know, I just never, from, from eighth grade or so on till college, I just had never really looked into it. Um, so there, there's this concept in transcendentalism about uh, connecting to nature and appreciating it and kind of maintaining this independent personality, but it wasn't about like nature worship or, uh, you know, being involved in it per se. It was more just about appreciating nature and the beauty and, and acknowledging it. It was, it was about transcendentalism was about separating from society and being independent and, and kind of being self-sufficient. Uh, some of the, some of the notable authors would be like, uh, Henry David Thoreau, Ralph Waldo Emerson. Those are, those are a couple of my favorites. Um, so after reading, uh, some transcendentalism and, um, sticking with that for a while, I started looking for more. So I found Buddhism and then I found Zen Buddhism. So I spent years studying Zen Buddhism and, and, you know, practicing meditation, uh, you know, but, but then I realized over time that it just wasn't meeting my needs. And if you study Buddhism at all or know much about some of the Eastern religions, um, they're more about disconnecting and separating from the world and kind of, um, not being involved in worldly, events. So, you know, Zen is very much, um, about not getting worked up about, 
uh, emotional things and not letting anything external of you bother you on the inside. And it's kind of like you're separating yourself off from the world and society and um, kind of being independent as well. And for me, that was really hard because, you know, in my job and, and with relationships, I had to be involved in the world. So it didn't make any sense that why am I trying to disconnect from the world but I have to be involved in the world. So, you know, I, I went through this period of time where I was like, I just need to go up on a mountain and meditate and I need to go live in a cave for like five years and, 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 and then things will be okay. You know? And, and of course that never happened. I have bills to pay and family and all that kind of stuff. So, so over the years I just kept looking around kind of lost and then looking at different philosophies. I, you know, I got into nihilism for a while. If you're not familiar with nihilist, nihilistic philosophy, um, it's kind of about the, the, the premise that, you know, nothing matters you know, why should you care about anything? We're all going to die in the end. Um, nothing you do is important. Um, you know, so then from then I kind of got into absurdist philosophy. Uh, absurdism is yes, nothing matters, but you know, why not do what you want to do? You know, uh, uh, do what you enjoy in life because if nothing truly matters, it doesn't matter if you're enjoying it or if you're miserable. So you might as well enjoy it. Um, there's a, a Camus, C-A-M-U-S. He's a absurdist philosophy. One of his favorite or uh, famous quotes is, um, should I have a cup of coffee or kill myself? <laughs> so that's a little harsh, um, but that's, that's kind of the philosophy. Like, well, if nothing really matters, I, I can go, you know, just kill myself because nothing matters, or I can just go have a cup of coffee. So I think I'll just have a cup of coffee, you know? So just for, for years, I was kind of stuck in that and kind of going back and forth and reading different things. And then a couple of years ago, um, we, my, my, my wife and I had some problems come up in our lives, um, just financial problems and that kind of stuff. And then, uh, she ended up getting diagnosed with uh, cancer. Um, so of course that was very stressful. Uh, she went through the sur uh, surgery and, uh, luckily didn't need any chemo or radiation. So, uh, she's doing well today. Um, but during that time, you know, I was kind of like, I felt this emptiness, this hollowness inside, like, what is the point of going through this life and, and what can I get out of it and how can I be spiritually satisfied, you know? So I started, you know, I was like, I've always loved nature. Let me just, let me get on Google and look around. So I said, let, let me look up Google, um, nature-based spirituality. So, you know, I came across the word paganism and I was like, oh gosh, paganism, you know, I, I'm raised in the Bible belt of the Southeastern U.S. and, you know, paganism is devil worshiping and Satanism and all that kind of stuff. So, but the more I got into, into looking into it, uh, paganism is just, it's whatever branch of paganism it is, it's about connecting with nature. You know, there, of course, there's various branches of paganism, but it's it's all based on this concept of building a relationship with nature. Um, so the most popular branch that you'll kind of find about paganism is, is Wicca, W-I-C-C-A. Um, people that practice Wicca um, tend to call themselves witches. You know, some people, when they hear the term witch or Wicca, they think something very negative and Satanist and, or, you know, that kind of thing. But it's, it's, it's not really that at all. But I did end up uh, working with uh, Wicca for a few weeks. Uh, Wicca is more about um, looking at the elements and nature and trying to figure out how you can work with the elements, um, which we'll talk about later, what elements are, kind of to inflict your will or your desire on the outcomes that you want in the world. Um, to me, that kind of felt off like I was, um, you know, inflicting my will on the universe. And, and to me, that, that felt just didn't feel, feel right. So I just kept looking around at other nature-based spiritualities, and I came across Druidry. 
what little that I could find about it, I absolutely loved. Uh, I was like, this is me. This is me. I, this is what I want. Um, but, but now what? You know, so I kept looking around. I just couldn't find much information. Uh, I was looking about, you know, religious druidry, spiritual druidry, the history of the druids. And there's a lot of history, but it's pretty vague. Um, there's just not much out there about practice. You know, what do they do? And then I found uh, OBOD, the Order of Bards, Ovates, and Druids. And it's the largest druid organization in the world. Um, it does cost quite a bit to start. You pay for, uh, you know, the first, you, you can get a free sample to learn about it. Um, they'll send it to you in the mail. Uh, you can decide to pay for the first year, which is the Bard. Uh, some people, it takes longer than a year. Um, but each grade, the the Bard, Ovate, and the Druid, takes about a year or so to get through. Um, it's it's excellent coursework. Um, you can do it online or they can mail it to you. But it's I really encourage you to, to look into it if you're interested. But so I went for it, got the, you know, got the things in the mail and instant access online, and I absolutely loved it. And I've been doing it ever since. So... How, why do I practice Druidry? How, how has it helped me in my life? Um, for me, it has helped me to just feel at home wherever I go. A lot of people, when they get into Druidry, they say it feels like coming home. And that's exactly what it was for me. I kept searching and just lost and could not figure out where to go. And when I found it, I was like, oh, finally, this is, this is it. I, I can settle down. This is, this is what I need to be connected with. You know, so that feeling of being at home wherever I go, I feel this deep kind of spiritual connection to the earth. You know, the plants, the animals, uh, the seasons, uh, you know, the everything around me. I, I can see the connections and I feel connected to it spiritually. I understand it, you know, physically, scientifically, but there's also this deep spiritual connection the more I engage in it. Um, it's helped me kind of, you know, to accept whatever's in front of me, just to be patient, to be present, connected. Um, you know, I... I when I'm not present, I'm not connected. Um, and, and for me, that was the hard part about the other spiritual practices. Um, you know, it, you are trying to not be present, you know, and to disconnect. But I want to be present and connected to my environment and, and those around me. Um, you know, it's, it, it's about developing love and respect for all beings out there. Um, you know, in Druidry, trees and rocks and streams and animals and you know fly, everything has its own spirit and it's helping me to develop a relationship and a spiritual connection to that you know you can see things from a metaphorical and literal perspective you see the you know how everything is interconnected you know how the environment around me interacts with myself and and the the weather and the landscape and you know the the cycle of the year and it's all interconnected to each other you know, um, we're all dependent on each other. We're dependent on everything around us. Um, it helps me to stay uh, in context of where I fit in, you know, in my little microcosm around me, but also in the macrocosm. Um, I'm not important <laughs> in any way. I can have an impact on the things around me, uh, but in the grand scheme of things, I'm not important. And that has helped me to realize that, you know, all the little things I stress about during the day are really not that big of a deal. You know, we have a pretty short life compared to, you know, the millions of years uh, that are that a rock exists for, or the thousands of years that a stream might exist for, or, you know, or a tree that's 300 years old. Like I might be here for 80 years. Um, it's it's really just a blip, you know, in time. It doesn't really matter. But I would rather be connected to what's around me while I'm here. Uh, it's helped me to feel connected to these entities. Um, some people might think that's weird, but I I think if you're in, into paganism or nature-based spiritual practice, you know, when you see 
other things as entities that helps you appreciate them and respect them more. You know, and I can learn from these entities. I can, I can learn, you know, I can sit by a stream and learn from the stream. I can, I can interact with a tree and learn from it. So that's, those are just a few things that have, have gotten me into Druidry and kept me here. So, you know, why should you listen to this podcast? Um, you know, if you're at all interested in nature-based spirituality, not just Druidry, you know, Wicca, um, I, I'm, I'm horrible with the, the other names, uh, but there's like some Nordic uh, spiritual practices as well that are in paganism. Um, you know, if you're just interested and curious, just come on in. I, you know, I want to share this with you. I want you can, to develop your own relationship with the environment you're in, whether you're in the U.S. or anywhere else in the world. And, you know, whatever kind of climate you're in, you know, there you can develop a relationship with that environment and, and to help protect it and help it grow and, and de- develop a spiritual practice with it. Um, you know, I, I hope to help you, uh, you know, whether it's either from a philosophical perspective or a religious perspective, there's so much out there to just look at and learn and appreciate, you know, it doesn't have to be this, you know, external deity or, you know, we'll get into this later, but, um, you know, Druidry, you, you, you can be an atheist or you can be a theist or a duotheist or a panantheist or a, pan, a, a pantheist, or, you know, there's all different spiritual practices, um, you can even just look at it from not even a spiritual perspective. Just I want to develop a deep connection with the environment around me. And there's so many ways to do that. You can be, uh, you know, any religion. You can you can be um, a Christian, a, a Buddhist, a Hindu, uh, anything in the world and still be a Druid. Um, a druidry is about connecting to nature, studying nature, connecting to nature and appreciating nature uh, and protecting the earth. So it doesn't matter what your background is. You can make this your background or you can tie it into your current spiritual practice however you want to. Like I said at the beginning, you know, I hope to kind of have a one-stop shop for, you know, all the things about the Druids from the history to the fall of the Druids. You know, what happened to them up through today and, you know, to the future of Druidry. Um, I hope to talk about a lot of different aspects of uh, Druidry. You know, even some some of the things I'll touch on that, you know, are kind of forbidden to to talk about, but they're out there online if you look for them. Uh, you know, things about uh, the different sects of Druidry, the branches, organizations, you know, talking about the elements of uh, earth, air, water, and fire, you know, talk about animism, shamanism, you know, other spiritual practices, uh, the wheel of the year. Uh, the wheel of the year is something that a lot of pagan Jews, um, I've got an episode planned on that, well, actually, one episode planned for the wheel of the year, and then an individual episode for each of the eight uh, parts of the wheel of the year. But you can look that up as well if you're interested, um, you know, and, and so much more. There's just so much to share. That's why I've got over 50 episodes planned out. And, you know, I hope to see, uh, see how that goes. Uh, I really just want to share my passion with you. And I hope you uh, help you find your path on this journey. You know, if you're, if you found this, you're probably looking for some way to connect with nature and uh, maybe in a spiritual sense or, you just saw the word Druid and were curious about it and just want to see what it's like. Um, you know, so I hope to help guide you on your path and, and, and encourage you to look deeply into it and, and see what you want out of it. Um, you know, I hope this gives you an idea of who I am, how I got here, why I'm doing this. Uh, I really hope that this helps you and hopes anyone else, um, if there's anybody out there you want to share it with, just, uh, let them know. Thank you. So it is uh, Saturday, September 23rd, 2023. Uh, it's about 8 in the morning. Um, it's the autumn equinox, uh, which some Druid organizations call it uh, 
Albin Elfed, A-L-B-A-N-E-L-F-E-D. Um, decided to get up this morning and go to the woods uh, to do a little equinox ceremony uh, to kind of celebrate the date. Um, it's part of the wheel of the year, which we'll talk about later. Um, it is important to Druids because it marks um, the passage of the sun down below the equator. So the earth has continues to tilt northward and the sun has crossed over the equator and the days and nights are getting uh, to be about the same uh, equal time of light and dark. And so we're heading towards winter. Um, got up this morning, it was about 51 degrees, a little cool. Uh, for the first time, you know, since summer, I got out and kind of wish I had a jacket, but I'm in shorts and a t-shirt, so it's a little chilly. can see my breath. Um, in the Appalachian mountain region, uh, sitting beside a creek, got my dog with me. Um, walking over here, I noticed there's quite a few leaves on the ground. Um, and, and the trees are starting to turn kind of yellowish-orange in some places. Lots of acorns. Uh, buckeyes, hazelnuts on the ground. I uh, see a lot of spiders out as well. They seem to be popping out a lot this time of year for some reason. Um, I was sitting here and just kind of meditating by the creek and, and thought what a great example. Um, I had thought about doing the ceremony and doing some meditation, you know, and then out of nowhere, these I'm out in the middle of the woods and some people started walking by and uh, you know, at first I got a little upset, you know, I come all the way out in the middle of the woods to be by myself and then people walk by and then I thought, well, what a great example. Um, you know, part of Druidry is lear learning what you can from nature. And, you know, I was thinking about this creek in front of me and, you know, the creek just flows, it adapts, it just continues to do what it needs to do without um, interruption. You know, when something gets in the way of the creek, it just works its way around it and keeps doing what it needs to do. So. Instead of getting upset, I decided to just accept what was going on and just continue on with what I was doing. Um, you know, without druidry in the past, I would have probably gotten upset about something pretty trivial and let it let it bother me for a few minutes. Um, but that's that's what druidry does for me. Um, Autumn equinox is considered one of the three harvest festivals. There's um, we'll talk about it later, but there's one earlier in the year, and then there's this one, and then there's one towards the end of the fall near Halloween, or Samhain, as it's called. And it's it's a the festival uh, for this time of year is about, um, you know, looking back physically on what was harvested, you know, crops and, you know, all the gourds and squash and pumpkins and acorns and uh, all the, the fruit that we've harvested and the vegetables and starting to plan for next year and saving the seeds, but it's also kind of a metaphorical time to look back and look at the spring and the summer and uh, look what we've been building up and working towards since spring and, and looking at the fruits of our labors over the summer and what we've got to show for it right now and getting ready to settle in for the winter. Um, so we're kind of reflecting back on the spring and the summer and looking forward to the winter and kind of just being present in this space right now um, and being grateful for what we have. You know, I'm sitting here and looking around and there's, there's, <laughs> I just saw a frog jump off in the creek and, and swim away. I've got my dog with me. And, um, you know, they just, it's just amazing what nature does and just continues to do and persevere. 
Um, so just wanted to share this. Um, we'll get into a lot of episodes talking about all the different holidays and how to connect with nature. Um, but I think I'm going to try to attach this to my first episode. I think I'm going to record later today, hopefully. So uh, thank you for listening. Hope this helps someone out there. Thank you so much for joining in at the Druid's Grove. I thoroughly enjoyed sharing this time and information with you. I hope you learned something and are inspired to build a connection to the earth and the world around you. If you liked what was shared, please feel free to give back at Buy Me a Coffee. Join me on Substack, where I have transcripts, or listen on YouTube, and find the group on social media. For more information, check the show notes. I'll see you in the Grove. Until next time.